for letting me speak about my friend Mike. A little over 10 years ago, I stood in a very similar church, stared into a sea of eerily similar faces, asked to eulogize my dear friend and partner, Brian Jackson. I struggled greatly with what to say How do I honor my friend in such a short amount of time and provide people an opportunity to know the man that Brian was? As I stumbled through through my eulogy and fought through my emotions, I was strengthened and calmed by the presence behind me on stage, Mike. Mike has stood behind me or by my side through my most difficult times. He was my supervisor for several years when I was in patrol, protecting not only the citizens of Dallas from the criminals, but also protecting them from me as I tried to learn how to be a cop. He was my mentor, teaching me the value of communication and treating each person we came in contact with as a human being deserving of being heard and respected. He was a confidant allowing me to share my struggles and frustrations, but never letting me succumb to them. Teaching me how to focus and temporarily temporarily detach my emotions so that I could complete my task. But most importantly, he was my good friend. He was my big brother. In fact, now that I think of it, I imagine that's why he liked me as well. He was a tall man, as I'm only (laughs) 6'2", 5'8". I spent many days looking up to Mike. Truth be told, I spent most of my days looking up to people. Standing next to Mike on Lower Greenville as we heard of the drunk masses, I'm sure many people thought, 
Oh, isn't that cute? That police officer bought his son a uniform and brought him to work. I have heard so many amazing things about Mike and each of the fallen officers from friends, family, and coworkers. There is nothing I can add to what has already been spoken. We all know of Mike's courage, bravery, selflessness, and immense love for family. But I want to share a story of another type of courage that Mike possessed. A type of courage I pray I may possess someday. As I sat in third watch detail at Central Patrol Station in 2003, finally making it off field training and getting my permanent patrol assignment, I was nervous, excited, and quite frankly, ignored. I was a rookie, I hadn't earned my spot yet. I waited for roll call to begin and was trying to keep my ADD in check by looking at all the boot marks and scuff marks on the floor and counting them. I remember hearing the detail room open and then the sounds of the boots walking on the small elevated platform where the sergeant sat to take roll. I slowly shifted my attention from the floor where the sergeants were seated and as my eyes began to move up, I noticed the most amazing, smooth, and tan legs I had ever seen. <laughs> My mind began to race. As I was thinking, holy cow. My sergeant has some hot, sexy legs and has to be smoking hot. As I followed those smooth legs up, so I could see my future wife. <laughs> my dreams of a rookie-sergeant relationship quickly evaporated when my eyes met with Mike's eyes. He was burning a hole through my skull <laughs> with the Mike look that only those that know Mike understand what I'm referring to. Heidi, this would be the look that he gives you when your gas tank is half full. <laughs> you know that look. I've been in the car. In a clear, firm voice, Mike asked me, did you find what you were looking for? I figured I had already lost my job, so it didn't really matter what I said at this point. I responded humbly and ashamed. No, sir, I thought you were a woman. <laughs> I dare you to find another police officer, whether male or female, with smoother legs and able to make those FedEx police shorts look as professional as Mike did. That's a type of courage I don't possess. But the type that Mike exemplified, he stood up for what he believed in, 
whether that meant being comfortable and cool in summer heat wearing those horrible uniform shorts, or verbalizing what was wrong, what needs to be fixed, and how to accomplish that task. Ten and a half years ago, Mike stood behind me, urging me on. But now our roles have changed, Mike. It's now my turn to stand behind you, support you, your family, and challenge everyone in this room and listening to be courageous in the days and weeks and months ahead. This desire to uphold what is right and the unity that has been created between law enforcement and the communities cannot stop once the final officer has been laid to rest. We cannot allow tragedy to continue to bring us together. We must find ways in which to continue this unity and desire to fight back against unjust actions for years to come. It is easy to say and easy for me to read off of a piece of paper, but it is possible. So how do we move forward? To the community, every officer in here is in a relationship with their community, whether you like it or not. We have been in a relationship with you for a long time. Unfortunately, this relationship has been hurt by the misdeeds of the few, whether that be from law enforcement or from the civilians who wish to do others harm. In order to forge a continued relationship, forgiveness of the hurt must come first. I've heard many amazing speeches throughout this week, powerful words spoken by powerful, knowledgeable leaders. Love, they say, is the answer. It sounds great, but how do we accomplish that when there's been so much tension, hatred, fear, and confusion? Forgiveness must come first for love to be established. The same forgiveness that Jesus Christ gives us. Communication and change of action must follow to reestablish that trust. So please allow me to take that first step. Forgiveness. To those protesters who cried out Thursday night, to my team as we rushed to El Centro to help out, how does it feel to be the ones hunted now? I say to you, I'm sorry. I am so very sorry that you felt as if your voice, your opinion, and your life did not matter to us. I am sorry for the misdeeds and wrongs of the few in my profession over the years that have caused and created this distrust, fear, and anger towards law enforcement. We want a relationship in the community because we cannot carry this fight by ourselves. We cannot fight the criminals and also the people we have sworn to protect. You do matter. The only way to rebuild trust is through actions. So I ask the news media to help us in that. 
I know it is your job to convey the news and report information so that all may know what is going on in the world. You have a great responsibility. And with that responsibility comes enormous power. You have the power to control the masses with the stories you air. It is extremely difficult for a community to trust its police officer when all that is aired are reasons why they should not trust their police officers. You guys are still too tall. <laughs> I'm not telling you to stop sharing information. I'm just asking that you share all of it. The thousands of good things law enforcement does across this country every second, every community deserves to hear. The community needs to be reassured that even though there may have been some bad apples in our bunch, they are still protected by and able to trust their police department by the numerous positive actions that occur on a daily basis by every single law enforcement officer here today and watching this and out on the streets right now answering 911 calls. I beseech you, please help us build this trust again. We cannot do it without you. In closing, we can all continue to honor Mike, Brent, Lorne, Michael, and Patrick by continuing the unity, support, and communication that has been created as a result of their loss. The unity only stops when we make it stop. Thank you. I'd like to thank the family for giving me this opportunity to speak and for asking me to speak for Patricio. I'd also like to thank the law enforcement community near and far for coming to show their support for the Dallas Police Department in this time of grief. I'd like to thank Mayor Betsy Price and the Fort Worth Police Department for their extraordinary hospitality here in Funky Town, Fort Worth. That's what we call you all <laughs> over in Dallas. I'd also like to thank the Mayor of Dallas, Mayor Mike Rollins, who's here, City Manager of Dallas, A.C. Gonzalez, who's here, 
and city council members who are here in attendance. There's a scene in the Bible that is the greatest illustration, I think, of why we're here today, that describes Patricio's sacrifice uh, for this great cause of protecting citizens. It's the scene where the disciples are with Jesus and he's being instructional to them regarding what it is to lead, what it is to be great. And he shows them how to do this by beginning to wash their feet. You remember that scene in the Bible where he's really showing them how to be leaders, how to be great by washing their feet by serving. Uh, it's counterintuitive. You would think that the instruction to be great leaders is for to instruct people how to serve you, how to order people around, how to instruct others. But the Lord's instructions on great leadership was to serve others. All of his adult life, Patricio served the U.S. Navy, then the Dallas Police Department. And what's instructional to me, the takeaway for what Jesus is saying about what service is about, is that it's personal. It's personal. Think about washing someone's dusty, stinky feet. That's the most personal act uh, you could do for someone is to wash their feet uh, to show what we ought to do. So serving others is not just a arm's length service. Whether well, I'll serve you, uh, but I don't want to get too personal. And, and what's more personal than being willing to give your life in your service. That's the example here. That the ultimate sacrifice of giving your life is our calling to serve others in a personal way. In a personal way where you're not at arms with the people you serve. And if you wrap the Bible up and all the words that's in the Bible, all the books of the Bible, if you have not love, all the gifts you may have are like tinkling brass and sounding cymbals. It means nothing if through your service you don't have love. The gift of preaching is not more important than love. The gift of teaching is not more important than love. The gift of song is not more important than love. In law enforcement, you know, some of the best shooters at the shooting range uh, can deliver police service in the wrong way if they don't have love. One of the gifts I have, I can drive a police car at fast rates of speed, holding a cup of coffee, catch the bad guy, and get back in the car without spilling a drop. 
Other officers have gifts in law enforcement are just amazing. The memorization it takes to be a law officer to recount everything that happened in split seconds accurately. But if you have not love in your heart in delivering police service, the gift of recounting what happened doesn't matter. And there's some countless gifts. Firearms, like I mentioned, catching bad guys, that's a great gift. Um, but if you can't treat people right, it doesn't mean anything. We, we don't want to sacrifice our lives in these jobs. We want to come home to our families. It's, it's with deep regret that we make this sacrifice. We miss Patricia. We miss our four other fallen brothers. But this sacrifice is necessary. It is necessary. Our sacrifice is to show each of us what it means to love. To love. Without love, none of what we do matters if we can't love each other. A house divided cannot stand. Our relationships with each other has to be reconciled. There's another Fort Worth citizen here, Leon Bridges, who wrote a song here recently called River. And the song is about reconciling through baptism a man to God who has sinned. So I would argue, and I think the debate is worthwhile, that our service to our community is our sacrifice as law enforcement officers. This is our sacrifice to you. The question is to the community, what will your service be to your community? Police officers have nothing else to give in their service but their lives. That's why we call it the ultimate sacrifice. It is the highest example of our service and our love for this country, for our cities, for your neighborhoods. That's not the question here today. Patricia has made that example clear, crystal clear. The question is, what love do our citizens have for these men and women? That is the question. And how will you serve your community? We're here for you. We're here with you. Our profession is a noble profession with great humility. You won't see us bragging. You won't see me doing interviews on the Tonight Show or on Colbert. I've been asked. No, thank you. I'm here to serve. We're here to serve. Service before all. 
And without love, it means nothing. I want to thank each of you for being here. It is holding us up today. We're hurting. We're grieving. This family is hurting. This family is grieving. We need to know that you support us. And this family needs to know that we support them. God bless Patricio the Maripa. And Godspeed. And we'll see you again. Thank you. children, family, myself, and all of you, everyone, all of you, Brent is going to want me, his family, all civilians, all law enforcement to continue on. Though I'm heartbroken and hurt, I'm going to put on my badge and my uniform and return to the street along with all of my brothers and sisters in blue. To the coward that tried to break me and my brothers and sisters, you know your hate made us stronger. To the Thompson family that I'm honored to be a part of and continue to be strong and live life knowing Brent loves you and will always be with you in your hearts. One thing I would always say to my dad when he walked out the door was, goodbye daddy, I love you, be safe. And tonight we say our final goodbye, Daddy. We love you. Be safe.
Oh. 